Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So glad everybody's here today. Hope you're enjoying the popcorn and uh, as Gary is saying, you know, you better get it quick. It, it goes fast. So uh, hey, glad you're here and, um, and uh, enjoying this time in this series. So if um, just a little bit on the series, on the, the movie, uh, if you want to go, I guess it's a series is what it is, not necessarily a movie, but they're all available and they're all free. So what we're showing you is very, it's a very limited amount. I would encourage you. Uh, to take the time to go to the Chosen uh, website. You Google all this stuff. You know how to do this. But it's a free app. You don't have to pay for it. A lot of them are on Amazon Prime now, so you can watch them there. Um, so it's all free. I would encourage you, if you've never seen these, you should go back and just start and watch from the beginning. And, and understand, if you study the Bible a lot, if you study biblical history or anything like that, you're probably going to see some things you go, well, that seems like a lot of liberty there. With some things, but you have to understand uh, what we have in our scripture is what God wanted us to have from a standpoint of understanding His Word and theology and those things, the study of God, theology. But you know as well as I do, like there is a lot of gap of time that we don't have in the scriptures. And so human nature and human interaction um, is what they're trying to portray a little bit more so you can kind of see maybe what it was like to walk with Jesus and actually be called by Jesus as humans, to follow him into something that had never been done before. And so I'd encourage you to go online and just watch those and check it out. But the Chosen, very gracious to them. They have been uh, very generous in, in letting us uh, use this during uh, this series. So very gracious and thankful to the Chosen. If this has been broadcast, I know many people said, hey, you know, it got kicked off of YouTube. That's not us. That's not the Chosen. That's algorithms. Um, thank you, AI, all the wonderful advancements we've had here. And all this, they're going to take over the world, I guess. And we're going to be obsolete. It's going to be like Will Smith and iRobot all over, you know, in real life. So, but that's not, it's not in our control. We can't do anything about that. It's algorithms generated and they think, well, no, so we kick us off. But if you want to see this, if you're ever out and traveling, if you want to see it without any issues whatsoever, you can go to our site at live.cornerstonerome.com. You can catch everything as long as it's live. Now, once it's done, it's done. I can't, can't go back. It's all, you understand the movies and all this stuff, there's a lot of copyright. So we're very gracious to letting us do this. They don't have to do that. They've been very gracious. So uh, enjoy this as we're using it here. And then I'd encourage you to go online and watch it as well. And I just want to say a special uh, congratulations to all you guys who got baptized. Very proud of you for making that step. Can y'all give my hand one more time? That's so cool. You know, it's one of the things that when you become a believer, the first thing, the first that you are called to do is to become water baptized. It is the first step of obedience that we are called to as a Christian. It is not how many Bible verses do you know? It's not can you quote me John 3.16? It's not how many times do you attend church? It is not any of that. It is have you been baptized? It go in, in Acts, it's numerous times where the disciples would have believed and even others asked them, well, where and were you baptized? Now, they were in conversations about the Holy Spirit and other things, but they said, you need to be baptized. Salvation is a wonderful thing, but the first step of obedience as a believer is water baptism. And if you struggle with that, you go like, well, I just don't understand why. You know what? You're going to have to ask him. <laughs> it was his decision. You know, he could have made it a lot harder. It was much more difficult in the Old Testament. You've got to admit. 
Um, you better be grateful it's just water. It used to be a lot worse. So anyway, uh, it's a step of obedience, and it is symbolic of by saying yes to the water. You're saying in front of a group of people, I have decided to follow Jesus, and I want you to know that. For, that's one thing. The second thing is, it is a spiritual significance of the cutting away of our flesh. It symbolizes you were once dead, and you've been buried in baptism and raised to life with Jesus in a new life. So I just want to encourage you, if you've never been baptized, we're going to do another baptism at the end of this series, so you got time. But at the end of the church, if you want to be baptized, all you got to do is catch Pastor Stephen or somebody, we'll, we'll hold off and we'll, we'll baptize more. No problem. We'll find towels. We'll find you something, man. Walmart's closed. We'll hook you up, okay? So anyway, so let's go to uh, Luke, I mean, John chapter 4. We're going to talk today a little bit about the woman at the well. And it's a pretty lengthy clip. It's longer than any of the probably other ones I think that I might use. Um, it's a one clip today, but it's long. So it's, it, 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 it's just hard to break it up to communicate. I don't want to take away from the, the communication that's going to happen through a clip, okay? But we're going to talk about the woman at the well. And so, so let me just say this before I, we discuss or show this about... I think they did a very good job with this, first of all. One of the best I've seen... Um, visually about the woman at the well. But we have this thing in our culture today, and I'm trying to explain this to my kiddos, uh, where we have the opportunity to look back. You know, like, we have come so far in so many things, and we have this ability to look back. And we can make judgment based on where we are here. So mark, make my marker, okay? Visual reference, I'm going to take one minute with this, okay? We're in this point in the timeline of history. So here we are in present, present moment right now. We're Georgia, go dogs. Georgia, like we, you know, just sorry. Just, sorry, it's just, I don't know if that was better or Alabama losing. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> it just was a great knot. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll repent later, but I'm not doing it right now. So this, um, <laughs> this stool would represent right now, present tense, okay? This is where you are. All the knowledge that you have, Google, the internet, anything you want to get your hands on from a knowledge base, you pretty much have it at your fingertips right now in the church. It's here. So we have this ability now to go this way. But now, don't leave what you know here. All of the knowledge, all of the things that you have acquired that has sped up so fast just in the last five to ten years. Some of you who are younger, you are not aware of how advanced knowledge has been made available to you. It, the internet is not something that's been around for like a hundred years. I know you know that, but to understand like I'm not an old guy, but I did reports with Encyclopedia Britannica, not online, in thick books. Like A through XYZ, because XYZ didn't have like its own, so it was XYZ in one. But all of that, right? It, it is so fast now. But you're here with all that you know. Now watch. And we go back into civilizations and even our own nation, and we make judgments on... Everything that has taken place in history, based on where we are. And it is a bit unfair 
to the people, to our ancestors, every one of you in here, we are all different ethnicities and people and culture. The people that have lived in this moment, let's call 400 years ago, 1,000 years ago, we look at them and we think they were just uncivilized, they had no understanding, they weren't enlightened. I mean, we, we make judgments on what they did, and I'm not saying what they did was always right. We, you need to look it back and say, that was wrong, let's change it. Not a problem. However, to look back on something and say, as in the scriptures, and especially in this kind of story, and especially when it looks at women, and to think that, well, God doesn't love women because of the way that maybe the stories are read in the Bible. Here's what I love about the Lord. He's not afraid to show you what it was like in that day. He's not so insecure that he hides behind himself and tries to whitewash all this. He doesn't mind you knowing that David, oh yeah, he had his stuff together when he was fighting Goliath, but he was a low-down, dirty, no-good cheater. I mean, he killed his best guy on the battlefield to get his woman. David was not. I mean, yeah, he worshiped the Lord and all his might, danced around, woohoo, yeah. But that brother has some issues. God does not mind showing you. There's some guys and women that I used in the box. They just had issues. He's not afraid of it. And so why I say that to you is because when we read this story and look at it, sometimes this idea is looked at because there's stories of women in the Bible. And I especially want to say this to you ladies. And it's been communicated by, let's go back, okay? Here's where we are, okay? We're right here. It has probably been communicated, I know, because I've, I've heard the stories, and I've, I've been in services before, too, where it's been said, where it seems like women are pulled out of the Scripture as examples of issues. Woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. You, you understand what I'm saying? It just seems like God's pointing out. Say, Take it to the other side. Don't look at it and say, well, it was just their culture, the civilization, they didn't like women. That, that's not it at all. The first evangelists of the gospel were women. Amen. It's true, ladies. Jesus did not allow, it, it, he could have picked anyone he wanted. He could have picked John, the one that loved. You know, he, he didn't pick John. I bet he's still sore about that. And of course, no, he couldn't be sore because John's too good for that. So he, you know, he'll, no. Jesus picked women to evangelize first. If you look at the Bible, don't take it from where we are here and look back and say, and from our culture, women's rights, women's issues and all that, though it was real and true, and I'm not debating or getting into all that now. I know there's things that still go on. I, I've got a wife, three daughters, a mom-in-law, a grandma, okay, and a mama. I, I, we have conversations, okay? I tell my girls, you do not allow this culture to define you and put you in a position where you think you are beneath. Because you're not. You're, you're just not. But I also am very real with them. The idea that our culture says things like, well, you know, women can just do anything. Well, the problem with that is when we say that, then we get into issues where, okay, let's put women against boys our girls against boys in sports and athletics, and we know from a physiology standpoint, we do not have to have science for this. Muscle fiber, expansion of the muscle capacity of the male gender. On average, not always, I understand that there are some ladies that work out harder and they, I get it, but on average, 
the genetic makeup of a man's muscle mass, it, it will expand faster and greater than females. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that is not limiting a lady. I tell my girls all the time, listen, if, if there's like a bank robber or something like that, look, be smart. Let the hero guy think he's got all this stuff. Let him, he's watched too many movies. Let him go ahead and skid out the back door. You don't have to be a hero. Like, there's no reason to try to prove something. But don't let anything put you beneath. But then don't be so silly about it to say, well, I can just do anything I want to. Can we all agree? There's no, that is not diminishing a female at all. As a matter of fact, I honor my ladies in my life. Like, hello, thank you, amen, right? I still, when the door is there, I don't care what this culture says. And I'm not, this is not a soapbox. I really want to say this before we talk about this lady, because you could take it one of two ways. You could see her for a woman who's like, oh, she's being picked on, and Jesus came to help her. Yes. Or you could see someone who has been through some very difficult seasons of life, who some of the men treated her wrongly, and probably some mistakes that she made as well, who Jesus came to redeem. You filter it by what you know looking back, and it can kind of skew. Try to take out what you know and just look at the story for what it is. Not trying to change culture around us. Just look at it for what Jesus did in this woman's life where she was. But I still today, I don't care if it offends. I, I've never met a woman yet who looked at me when I opened the door for her as they went out the, the thing or let them go first. I had to get in the elevator to get some my blood work or whatever, a doctor's visit this year. So the thing was there, so I let her go first. She was a nurse. I just let her go. You know what? She didn't look at me like, you know what? You stinking guy. Like, you go first. I want to go second. Don't prefer me over you. I've never experienced that. But this culture has a way of showing you, based on where we are, looking back and thinking that everything has to be wrong. There's a lot of stuff in the past that's wrong. Yes, we don't have time to get into that today. But we don't, we should, looking back at every single thing and making a judgment on it from where we are right now isn't going to help us at all. But to look at it for what it was in the context of the story. So today, we're going to talk about this lady. I want you to try to just take away what you know in your culture because there's going to be some things that probably rub you the wrong way with what you read and hear in this story. But we join her. She is there. Jesus has been preaching with his disciples, and they are going to a place. And I say this because here we go, okay? They're going to a place called Samaria. They were of the Jewish culture, Jesus and his disciples. They're going now into a region of Samaria, which were ethnic representation. The ethnicity there, the majority, were Jew and Gentile mixed. Understand? So from their perspective, the Jewish culture, is this right to view them as second-class citizens? No, it's not. Okay, let's don't ignore the story now just because of the way some of the Jewish people responded to the Samarians. You understand what I'm saying? We're not going to overlook it now just because, well, that was not right, so I don't accept the Bible. No, the scriptures, God says, he gives you examples to follow in Hebrews. Old and New Testament, both good and bad, God does not mind having heroes and villains in his Bible. You can take a look at both. But here they are, they're joining together, and this would be at this well, for us, it would be something where the most common area that you might gather, let's say maybe it's a church today, okay? How inappropriate would it be if here we are at a gathering place to worship God and we said, well, I'm sorry, unless you're 100% Jewish, 
you, know, you cannot worship here. You have to stay outside. Totally inappropriate. That's basically what they were doing. They said, no, as the Samaritans, you guys have said that you're going to worship over there. You won't come and worship at Jerusalem. you got issues. You're not 100% Jew. Therefore, you can't associate with us. And it, it, I don't want to call it racism. You could maybe, this is probably the closest thing we might understand what it might look like. <clears throat> but guys, this is deeper than racism. This is the difference between uh, eternal relationship with God and not. Like they're making judgments on people, removing them from the ability to communicate with God based on their ethnicity. Deeper than racism. I, I don't know... It, but that's probably the closest thing we have. So they're there this well. Here they are. Jesus shows up. All of his disciples, they've worked hard. They've been preaching, ministering to people. He's extremely tired. Yes, Jesus did get tired. He was in human form, but he did get tired. And he sits at this well on purpose. He goes to find her at this well. His disciples go to find food because they have nothing. So it's just Jesus now with this woman at this well in the middle of the hot afternoon Alone. Now, you might think, well, is that wise? Well, it's Jesus. He's not going to sin. You, if you're married, or you probably shouldn't meet with one another alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're, if you're married, you need to hang out with your own spouse. You don't need to meet with other people's. Y'all get what I'm saying, right? That's how problems arise. Don't be like, well, I just ministered to them. No, 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 no. You take a friend with you. Y'all minister together, right? That's why. Anyway. You hate Jesus. All right. So he tells him, I'll, I'll be okay. You guys will get food. He, he's he's Now, here they are. This woman's at the well. And understand this. There is this huge divide between the two ethnicities. She is part Jewish. She's not 100% Gentile. She's actually worshiping God in a weird form of it. But she's they got their own thing going. But she's not 100%. She has some Jewish bloodline in her. But it is the rift is so great between them. If you can imagine, almost like tribal war. It is deep. And it is hard. And they are not happy with the Jews. And the Jews are not happy with them. And it is a very, very tense meeting and conversation. So as I show you this clip, I hope that set the stage for you. Huge, huge tension between the two. And Jesus shows up and he begins to talk to her about water. And the title of this message today is Living Water. Who is Jesus? He is the living water. So I want you to take a look at this clip. It's going to take a minute or two, so just enjoy it. And then we'll talk about it as it ends. So go ahead and show the clip, guys. So I think from the story, um, and this, this, this lady, she's in uh, quite a few of the episodes going forward, too. Um, she became a great, obviously, storyteller evangelism from the side of the story of the gospel to the people in her community. This is not the only person he did this with. If you remember the madman of Gadaria, if you go back and read about him, you can Google this guy. This, this individual is a Gentile in a region where the Jews would not go. Again, the, the tension was very great between. Um, and it's not, I want to tell you this. You have, again, I'm going to try to use this not too much, but it's really important. Here's where we are. We understand culture and so many things today differently than maybe they did then. It would be inappropriate to look back and say uh, that all Jews uh, hated the Gentiles. That's like saying, you know, that all white people hate black people. Or all black people hate white people. 
or all Republicans hate Democrats, or all Democrats hate Republicans. It's a very general statement to say because you lump everyone into the category, and that's not true. Uh, There were many in Scripture that were Jewish who helped and tried to get Jesus out of the situation he was in with the crucifixion before it happened. Numerous people. And you have the account. I think God is very gracious to us and gives us. He is not afraid to give you the whole story. He showed you plenty of the Jewish people who wanted to get rid of Jesus because of their religiousness. But there were many Jews who loved Jesus. Many. Many raised funds for him. I mean, he had a whole group that followed him. They were miracles took place. He had massive crowds. This was a big stage against him. When you see all these things like, oh, the Jewish people hated him. Not all. So again, let's go back from, not all Jewish people hated the Gentiles. But I will say this. The tension was so great that with the madman of Gadaria, the Jews would not have anything to do with in a general statement, okay? But Jesus heals this man, sets him free. And sends him back to his region and says, go tell everybody about me. Without a Bible. The same thing with the woman at the well. Go and tell everyone about me. No Bible. It's a very interesting thing. And and I say that because what she experienced is what so many people experience. I guess I've heard this uh, so many times. That, you know, I have been hurt at church. And I'll tell you the reason why it's the worst at church. You can get hurt at school, and you can carry that stuff with you. I mean, there's probably many of you, you may have middle school pain still today. I don't know. But the Lord will help you with it, okay? But there's no hurt like a church hurt. And and you want to know why? Because it's spiritual. It's much more real. And you have to be able to push through that. Be healed of that because Jesus has something great for you. And I will tell you this, he still does his work through his church. doesn't mean the, not the building, but through his people. That's how he ministers. The woman at the well, the man, man of Gadara, these 12 apostles who went and preached, turned the world upside down. He ministers through people, his church. So if you have been hurt, you're not the only one we've all experienced, myself included. Okay. But this woman here has something that we've all dealt with in the area of rejection. And this first one we're going to talk about is religious rejection. She felt rejected by the religious group of people, primarily the Jewish people in this case. Not all Jews hated Samaritans, but she felt rejected because of her life and what had happened. Um, When Jesus asked her, uh, will you give me a drink of water? You can almost hear in the video the gasp of like, I can't even believe you're asking me. And then it's kind of snarky of like, well, it must be really bad there, huh? If you're asking me, it must be you down to the last, you know, point of life. And he says, you know what? I have a living water that I, you know, have. And then, you know, obviously the back and forth between that of, well, why don't you just drink your own water? You can hear the, and that's mild. It was a great rift between the cultures. And all of us, we've all experienced religious rejection. And, I just want to say a couple things about this. Maybe you don't feel like you fit in. And I'm just, right now, about a church, maybe you feel like today coming here, you feel like, man, I don't feel like I fit in. 
There's a bunch of goody two-shoes in here. They're not that goody two-shoes, okay? They're, they're just people like you. We all have ours, okay? Don't, don't make them, you know, walk out of here thinking they got halos on their heads, okay? They, if it weren't for Jesus, none of us would be here. So you might feel like you don't fit in because maybe you don't know enough about God. Can I just encourage you? Uh, she had a knowledge about God that was wrong. And Jesus had to help her understand who he really was. She had to make a, an adjustment on that. Just because you don't know a lot about God doesn't mean you don't fit. Can I, can I encourage you with something about this? If you feel like you don't know a lot about God, this is a little secret, okay? A secret that people who are very religious won't tell you. You have no knowledge from God lest it's been revealed to you by God. I'll say it again. There is no knowledge that you do have that is from God unless it is revealed to you by God. I can study all day long, but this is why when you actually, if you read your Bible or you ask people who's read their Bibles for a long time, they read something, they go like, I never have seen this. I've never read this. I've never seen this in Scripture before. And they've read it 20 times. Because the Holy Spirit has to be the one that reveals the knowledge to us. So anytime you think, well, they know a lot about God, no, they don't. If anything has been revealed to them, it was by the Holy Spirit and by the Father God. So don't worry about it. Start where you are and just say, God, show me what you want me to know about you. And take the time to learn from him. But don't let people around you feel like you you don't fit in. You do fit in. Maybe you wonder if God would accept you, since some religious people don't. That's kind of what she was dealing with. Let me just say something about the Lord. The Lord will, he'll accept and receive anyone who will call on his name. I think Kadeza was saying earlier, it is not about what you have done, what you're in right now, or what you might even do in the future. It's where are you at with Jesus right now. All he wants is for you to acknowledge him. He could take you from that point, show you things, help you, heal you, deliver you, whatever. But it's just a turning to him first. That's the key. That's the number one key. It is not about what you can do for him. (laughs) We're not really going to do a whole lot of great stuff for him without him. We need him first. Maybe you know more about the religion than you do the relationship. Religion isn't fun. Religion is hard. It's heavy. It's unbearable. You just can't ever live up to enough of it. You just you try, you try, you try, but you just can't seem to get it. Because you can't. It's not possible. In the first moment you realize this, when you say, I can't do this, that's the moment Jesus says, thank you, because I can. Now let's begin a relationship. But listen, no matter what this rejection might be from a religious standpoint, Jesus has living water for you today to fix it. He can give you living water. The second thing she had was social rejection. Man, this is a big one. This goes back to maybe some of the middle school hurts. I don't know. But we've all had social rejection before in our life. It, you know, someone didn't like your post is a big deal now. Someone didn't. I mean, we have people today who are making life-altering decisions because someone doesn't like their post. Or someone didn't follow them on social media. That's a problem. That is a big problem because that should not dictate who we are in life, especially if we just understood how much of the stuff that is online is not real people. It's all bots and generating stuff from a computer. They're probably not even real people. I mean, how many of you have been hacked on your social media account? Everybody at least once or twice. 
Somebody calls you and says, hey, man, did you send me this? Uh, no, I don't even get on that anymore. Well, it says it is. It says I won $5,000 if you send me whatever. Well, that ain't me, Jack. I ain't giving you $5,000. You should know that. But someone doesn't like it. Or they post something. Or they say something. And we go in the tank about it. Our well should be living water from Jesus Christ, not social media, not culture, not people, not anyone. The, the Lord is our strength and our salvation, and that's where we go to draw living water from. <clears throat> but she had social rejection. No one would even hang out with her. She's all alone. She goes to the well by herself. I can't imagine what that must have felt like to be to the point where no one even would be seen with her. I mean, yeah, okay, so she did a lot of stuff. I mean... But she wasn't alone in it. You know, when I say this to people, it takes two to tango, guys. It takes two. I mean, it's not like she did this on her own. I mean, she had some real issues going on. And it just bothers me that no one was willing to step forward and say, hey, listen. Hey, I'll walk with you through this. I'll be there. But she had social rejection. It's so interesting. It, It... it does remind me of middle school a lot, those little middle school cliques, you know. Like, if you didn't have the right Nikes or if you didn't have the right, like, when we were, when we were in middle school, it was like blue jean jackets. Like, everybody had blue jean jackets. It was so cool, man. You know, I was like, what's up, man? I got my blue jean. Now they're back. I love that, man. I think it's awesome. We're back. It's like the 80s are coming back all over again. I'm loving this, man. Before long, it's going to be like skating ring colors everywhere. It's going to be so cool. But middle school jackets, if you didn't have one, you didn't fit in. I still remember, like, I, I remember six, I remember this so much. Everybody had Reebok pumps. Y'all remember that? And I remember Reebok pumps. Zach, I know you know, you, you get, come on, man, that's right. I know he knows his shoe, man, he knows. Man, I thought, man, I want me some pumps so bad. Because, man, all the guys, they all had pumps. They sit there in class. And teacher's about to go crazy because, like, man, all out ban on Reebok pumps. And I remember so bad, I want some pumps, man. I was just, man, I just, because if I had those Reebok pumps, then I would fit in. You ain't going to fit in. Finally got a pair. I thought this is about the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> you know, after you do it, what, you pump them too much and pfft. Oh, man. My pumps is, is a pump. It don't work, man. It's like, stinks. It's a pair of shoes. Maybe you want, and there's nothing wrong with having nice, there's nothing wrong with that. God wants you to have nice stuff. But we always say this, just don't let the stuff have you. And can I just encourage you, anytime I feel like I need something to fit in, what I typically want to do then is go the other way. Now. Because to me it's like, so why do I want that? Okay, because you'll look at me differently. Now then, that's in my mind. You may not even be thinking that. Do you see how it works? Lord knows you don't care if I got pumps or not. But in my mind, oh, I didn't have pumps and they did, so I don't fit in. See, a lot of this stuff is just stuff we have. And she had this built up in her mind. Man, the religious people don't accept me. No one goes to the well for, with me. So this Jew that came today, he's probably not, he's just here to mess with me too. It can really, rejection is a very real issue. And so... No matter what it is, clothes, house, car, who gets to decide that stuff anyway? Who decided that you have to be something or have this in order to be what it is that you feel like you need to be? 
The most wonderful joy in life, guys, is this, and I'm going to move on from this, is peace with God and peace with self. To not have to strive. To not have to feel like you have to be. That with Jesus, that's enough. And if people, let me just say this, if they, this is where our culture has this right, but they're wrong in the application of it. If you can't accept me for who I am, then why am I, you know, if you can't accept me for who I am, then why am I communicating, why am I trying to hang out with you? If you don't, if you don't, if I have to got to be different for you, for you to accept me, then why? Now that's a, if you take that and apply that to just, as far as from a biblical context, there's nothing wrong with that. For example, I don't have to be anything different. My name is Jody. That's my name. You don't like my name? Deal with it. I mean, when I was a kid, my dad gave me this middle name called Free, F-R-E-E. And I hated it as a kid. Especially because my name was not Jody Free Haggerty. So it rhymed. Everyone, I'm like, I don't know if he was on drugs or what then and just decided to rhyme at all. I don't know. Probably, who knows, but I hated that name because in class, because in thinking about it, people would always say free. What kind of name is free? <laughs> That's what it felt like, you know, like, you know, I want to be like, then I started thinking, well, yeah, what kind of name is free? I don't know. Who names their kid free? <sighs> He's definitely on drugs. Like I was, so then one day I'm with my dad. He's about half lit then. And so, um, <laughs> you just have to understand the relationship. I'm not being mean, okay? It's just, it is what it is. He begins to tell me out of the blue why he named me these names. Like Jody, you remember how I named you Jody? Uh, no, Dad. I have no idea what he's about to say. Like, no. He said, well, I had a friend. My friend's name is Jody. He seemed, no, I'm not going to say what he said. He would use some nice choice words here. I had a friend named Jody and he got all his stuff together. How about that, okay? And he always had his stuff together. And I thought, man, that's cool. I, I want you to be like him. Wow, that's pretty deep, Dad. Yeah. And then he says, you know, I named you, gave you the million free. No, Dad. I have no idea what he's about to say. You know, he's one for three right now. I don't know what he's about to say. But he says, um... I gave you that name because I never wanted you to be on drugs or alcohol or hung up on stuff that I'm hung up on. Now, guys, let me tell you something right there. That right there, he gave me about five or six, maybe seven things in life like that that was like, man, that's pretty, that was pretty good, man. Like, wow. That changed my whole concept with my middle name. See, but because of other people's opinion about it, you can make a whole life-altering decision based on some other person's opinion of you. But as far as if Jesus loves you, you're a believer. You're saying, like, I'm a Christian. Man, I don't try to have to live up to this culture around me, this standard of life, to be something for you so you're happy with me. Jesus is enough. Like, with Jesus, that's all I need is him. I don't have to be anything for anybody else, right? And I'm saying it from a biblical context. Because in our culture, it's like... Well, accept me for who I am and I can be whatever I want. That's not what I'm saying. Under the context of who Jesus says you are as a believer. But she had social rejection. And the, and the, 
Jesus, I've got living water for you to get through this. The last thing she said was this. This is relational rejection. This has got to be the worst one of all, guys. And our worship team is going to come up here, and and we're going to have a moment here of worship with you. But I want to talk to you a little bit about this before we engage with the Lord in worship. I know a little bit of all I go about social media and stuff like this. This whole relational thing. There used to be community like within your church. You know, people used to live in neighborhoods. And even if you live on a farm, there was community around the farming community. You know, you might have 100 acres between the two of you, but you could connect, okay? Community is a very real thing. And if anything the last three years has revealed to us is how much we really need true community. And I don't mean the kind you get. There's nothing wrong with having friends online. But, um, I mean, Brad Paisley has a great song called Online. You should go listen to it. I think it sums up about what. You never know what's on the other side of that screen. You have no idea who you're talking to. But true relational rejection it's got to be the worst of all. It's when you've been hurt so deep that even coming to God is so difficult because you're afraid he will reject you too. And that, that is a tough spot to be in. Uh, can I just encourage you with this? Let me give you a scripture. There's, there are a couple of things here before I give you the scripture. There's no words or there's no wounds like relational wounds. Man, I mean, I was just give you a little story about my dad. That's hard stuff to get over, man. I ain't going to lie to you. That's, that's tough stuff to get over. Like, trying to navigate that has been a, it's been a roller coaster of life for me. You know, some days I'm great. Don't think about it. Other days I go, what happened? It was like a train wreck on top of a train wreck, you know, like what? But God has a way of taking the things that we've been through that's been very hard and difficult and he can redeem things if we let him. And it doesn't mean that God authored it. It doesn't mean that God wanted you to go through it. But again, if I go right here even with this and my dad, and I say, here's what I know now. And I make judgments on all the stuff that he decided to do back here. It's really not fair. Because the more I found out, let's watch this, I had to go further back. I found out that his dad had some issues too. Well, but it didn't stop there. Because when I went further back, I found out that his dad had issues back here. Now, I'm way down here. I'm four generations out. And my dad's issues, what it all started with, was one guy's decision because work got difficult. He'd just hang out in the garage and have a couple of beers. And that's where it started. So I have this tree on my dad's side that is a bit bent. Like, it's not this straight and beautiful, like, tree of God, like just branches of life, you know. Mine looks more like a, it's just just crazy. But if you come over here and I go, you know what? What's better? Watch. I can look back on all their decisions and say, you know what? They should have done this and they should have done that and they should have done this. Yeah, they should have. Or I can say, you know what? 
I can see why they did that and that and that. You know, and as my dad, the closer we got toward the end of his life, the more I realized, you know what? I'm not holding anything over on you. We had conversations about this. I'm like, Dad, I'm not holding anything over you. you. I can't imagine what you dealt with over here. I wasn't in your shoes. I have no idea. I'm not going to hold this over your head. We're, we're going to move forward the best we can. It, what, is it the same as like, oh, throwing balls at a kid, catching a glove? Oh, no, man. Come on. Heck no. You can't even, those things are gone. You can't, you can't fix that. No matter how much you try with your kid, it won't change your upbringing. You understand? You get what I'm saying, right? You, you can throw a ball all day long. If you have something gap in your life with a relationship that you, it's just gone. You're not going to make yourself fit in that box by living it through your kid. Just be who you got to be with your kid now. Love your kid. Be you, right? Don't try to be something you wish you were then with them. Just be you with them. Let them love you and have the greatest childhood they can now with you. That's what matters. But the relationship that might have gone south, man, there's no wounds like relational wounds. And the worst part about it is believing that no one wants you in their life. It's awful. But I'm going to tell you something about Jesus and living water. He can help heal even relational rejection. So let me give you this in Psalm 139. So I put it on the screen for you right here, and then we're going to worship a little bit, okay? So it says Psalm 139, verse 8. It says, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. Okay? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. But watch this. He also says, but if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Now, that, that's hard to reconcile with the Lord. I understand that. But this is from the New King James. I know they're showing you it from the New American Standard, but it's New King James. It, the, the word shill is hell. Hades, if you want to call that. It is the place of the dead. And what he's saying is, if you choose to live for God and decide to make it heaven is your choice, he's there. If you choose to go a different route and say, you know what, it, it, I'm, I'm going after the, the, the place of the dead, there's no place you can go that he cannot go and get you out. Like hell, yes, hell is not a good place. Let me just tell you something, though. Jesus went in and busted the doors down of hell, and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He, he's not, hell is not this place where, oh, he can't. When he, if he wants to go in there, all he's got to do is show up. And every one of them will scatter like rats when the lights come on. He's not, oh, he just can't. He can go anywhere to the depths of any place to bring you out of anything. All we just have to do is say, I'm here, and I'm tired of this reject. I'm tired of carrying all the rejection in my life. If you'll accept me, Lord, I'm turning to you right now. There's not a place you can go far enough from him where he doesn't want to help you. And so... Whether we feel like we're closer to God than ever before, we feel like we're so far removed from God that we see no hope. I'm telling you, he's willing to meet you right now at whatever well we find ourselves in right now and give you living water. So I want to pray for you right now. And here's what I would love for you to do. I would love you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. And so for some of you in here, you know, maybe 
It's one of these areas of rejection I just mentioned. It, it, maybe it's religion. It, you've been hurt by church. Man, listen, I got the T-shirt, okay? I got the T-shirt. It, it, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It is hard. People are messy. We all have stuff, okay? Man, please don't give up on God because some human hurt you. God is greater than human. Maybe it's social. Man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that they didn't bring you into their, their group. I'm sorry that, you know, your friends didn't, they weren't true friends. They did you wrong. Somebody betrayed you. And I really am. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that happened to you because it, it, it's hard. I get it. Or maybe you're here and it's not necessarily the church. It's, it's not necessarily, the, necessarily the, the social stuff. But, you know, it's a real relationship from an individual. And you just feel like, man, I, oh, man, I just, I don't know. I've tried and tried. I just can't get over this. I, I want to pray for you right now. And maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus. I want to pray for you in this area, specifically if you don't know Christ, because he can help you this morning. So I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to stand up right now or anything like that. I just want you to close your eyes and bow your head. No one's going to be looking. It's just me. I'm, I'm just asking a question right now. But if you're in, you say, hey, Pastor Jody, I, I need you to pray for me. I, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, while no one's looking, no one's going to embarrass you, I just want to pray for you. And if it is you, would you simply just lift your hand up for me so I can see it? No one else. Thank you, ma'am. I see you. Gotcha. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Gotcha. Thank you, sir. Amen, brother. Thank you. Gotcha in the back, too. Thanks. Thank you guys so much. We're going to pray for you right now. I see you, brother. I got you. I got you. We're going to pray right now. The whole church is going to pray with you. Okay? And if you didn't raise your hand or you should have, right now we're going to pray this together. You're not going to be by yourself. This whole church will pray with you. But the Bible says this, if a man or woman believes in their heart, confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord then they shall be saved. So this is the method. We're going to pray out loud together. Repeat this after me. The whole church will pray this with you. So let's do this together. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my life. I give you my heart, and I surrender everything. I ask you, Lord, to save me, to forgive me, and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, you say that if I call on your name, believe in my heart, and confess with my mouth that I shall be saved. So I do that today, and in Jesus' name, I thank you for saving me. Amen, amen, and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand, would you please? So, so proud of you. So proud of you. So here's what we're going to do. Just something a little bit different today. We felt like um, we're going to take a moment to, to pray for you. Um, specifically, we're going to sing one song of worship, just one, and then we'll go after that. It won't take just about five minutes, and that's it. But sometimes in these moments, we, we preach and we finish, and we're in such a hurry to do something next. But maybe just for the next five minutes, just to be present with the Lord, just for five minutes. And if you don't need prayer, that's fine. You can worship from your seat. We're going to stand up here in a moment. You can just worship there. But either one of two things. I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team. They're going to come down front. If you guys don't mind, come on down now. Some of our prayer team, you guys can come on out. And just come down to the front. They'll be down here. And so here's what I'd love for you to do. 
I'll be down here as well. I'm going to come down and help him. Um, if you're here and you prayed that prayer, you lift your hands and say, hey, man, I prayed to receive Jesus today. I'd love for you to come down and tell one of them when we worship in just a moment and let them help you, just give you some stuff to help you get started walking with the Lord. Or second, if you're here and you need prayer for something, like maybe you're here and we didn't cover, but you say, man, I just need somebody to pray with me today. That's what we're here for, okay? We're going to pray for you during this time of worship, all right? So either one of those two things, you can do that. And if you prayed to receive Christ on the screen there, there's a QR code. You can let us know that as well. We just want to help you get started walking with God. So I'm going to ask you to all stand right where you are. And again, if you need prayer, we're here during this song of worship. It takes five minutes, and then we're going to go. Just You'll be okay. Or if you prayed to receive Christ, please come down and tell one of these individuals today. And uh, so as we worship, let's all just... Lift our hands, close our eyes, let's just worship God. And if you need prayer, come down front. We'd love to pray with you right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you feel the just sweet presence, Spirit of the Lord here today from the worship, from the baptism, from the message this morning. Gosh, there's an unending well of living water that Jesus offers to each one of us. I hope you take advantage of that day. Take the spirit that you feel today with you tomorrow to work, to school, to the job, wherever you're going. Take that and just call on that living water all week long. I think He will provide all that you need. Just want to remember, remind you real quick before you go that we depend on you guys, uh, your faithful giving each week. You can do it a lot of different ways. If you're new here, we don't pass a plate around. There's offering boxes as you leave the auditorium. You can give online. You can text to give. And we just really appreciate uh, your support uh, for Cornerstone Church here. As always, we just want to send you out with the blessing out of Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.